blessings. Hallelujah. You can sit. Thank you. Can you see me in the back? Everybody can see me okay? Raise your hand if you can't, okay? I can get up on stage, but I think this is okay. Can you tell that I'm hot? Well, I took my jacket off, but I have my red pants on, so I'm full of fire, right? Okay, you haven't seen a doctor full of fire, have you? What? Oh, oh. Did I say my underwear was red? Oh, my trousers are red. I'm sorry. They speak differently over here, don't they? Well, I'm Dr. Crandall. I'm a cardiologist, amen? But uh, I am the 11th generation American that came from England. And the first Crandall came to England in 1643. He was right outside of Oxford, England. He was a minister. And he came to the New World, the United States, actually came to Rhode Island, Newport, Rhode Island, to minister the Word of God. And I am now the first Crandall to come back to England to minister the Word of God. Amen? So, I have a real heart for England. My first name's Chauncey. Does anyone know Chauncey in here? A Chauncey? It's old English. I don't know where it came from. I always had trouble with that name when I was little. Uh, but I guess you're comfortable with it since it is English, right? But that first minister came in 1643 out of Oxford. He delivered the word of God. He was a Baptist and started the Baptist church in the New World. Seven generations of that family were ministers of God. They were with all the prominent schools in the New World, Harvard, uh, Yale, Princeton, Dartmouth, where all the great men of God were working in those times. But now those schools are godless. Many generations have passed and they've forgotten about the things of Jesus. But these men of God pursued God. And they actually went up to the northern outposts of Canada, to Nova Scotia. And the power of God was so great when these men ministered that whole towns would be saved on the frontier by speaking the word of God. People would be slain in the spirit back in the 1700s and they called it Canada Fire. And wherever the men of God went, the power of God went. And that is the same with me as a physician. When I walk into the room of someone who is sick, the kingdom of God arrives. And when you walk into a room as a believer in Christ, the kingdom of God arrives also. The works that I do, you can do. And the Lord said, the works that I do, you will do bigger works than I as you go forward in Jesus' mighty name. But I didn't get there immediately. This was a journey for me. And we are, we are all on journeys, aren't we, as believers in Christ? Some of us are in the very beginning. Some of us are more advanced. And some of us are very wise in the things of God. That doesn't mean the person that's at the beginning of the journey is less so than the person that's advanced. That's why we meet together as a group of individuals, as Christians together tonight, so we can learn about the things of God, so you can advance your journey in those things. Amen? It says in Romans 10:13, faith comes by hearing, but hearing by the word of God. You know, this always confused me a little bit. 
When I was early on my journey with the Lord, I could read the Word of God, but Lord, I don't understand the Word. You say that you can heal, but I've never heard of anyone being healed. Help me, Lord. And I would read the Word, but I couldn't understand it. So tonight, we will read the Word, you will understand, you will leave here tonight knowing that the Lord heals, He delivers, and He sets the captives free. Amen? My word for you that was on my heart heavily today, and I wrote it down, and I want to give it to you before I leave. And I just think this is the right time to do it. It says in Isaiah 46, 9, and I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Isaiah says about the Lord says to Isaiah, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no other gods. Because when I walk into the hospital room, we can call on Mohammed, we can call on this God, we can call on Buddha, but I've never seen those gods heal the sick. The only name that I ever hear that heals the sick is the name of Jesus. I am the Lord and there is no other. God called Moses to free his people, the Israelites. Now God calls you in this room to free England in Jesus' name. He's calling each of us. He's asking you to get out of your seat. To go and do the work of the Lord. How can we do the work of the Lord if we just sit all day? He is asking you to go in Jesus' name. We are doing kingdom work. And the need is endless. The need is endless for me as a physician because there are sick people in the hospital every day. I can't take a day off. The sick are always there and they keep coming through the door. And this world is full of sick people, not only sick uh, physically, but sick in their heart because they're distant from the things of God. They need a physician, the great physician to come and heal, but they need someone to tell them about the great physician. And I want to thank CFAN for the work that they're doing throughout the world. You, Max, and the other young people from CFAN, God's call is on you. God's blessing is on you to do the work of the Lord and Pastor Stewart. Everything that you are doing. In Deuteronomy 1.8, it says, See, I have given you this land. Now take possession of it. I have given you England, brothers and sisters. Take possession of the land and go in Jesus' name. To the high hills, to the valleys, go in Jesus' name. The formula is simple. Preach what Jesus preached. Do what Jesus did. It's so simple, but so complex that even a physician with a scientific mind, it took me years and years and years. You see, I was raised in a church. I was raised in religion. I went to Sunday school. I did all the activities of church. And I loved it. I knew there was something there. But there was no man of God in the church telling us about the things of God. How we could have a relationship with Christ. So for many, many years, I was distant from the salvation of the Lord. But I knew there was a reality of God. And some of you in this room are distant from God. You're searching for the things of God, and you'll find it tonight. Amen? I want to thank you, the ministry team that invited us. And I want to recognize my wife, Deborah. Can you stand? (laughs) 
Amazing story about her. We were dating. I was 19 and she was 19 too. We were the same age. She had become a Christian a year early, earlier in the charismatic movement outside Washington, D.C. in an Episcopal church. And she prayed for my salvation for one solid year that this man would be saved in Jesus' name. She prayed for a year. She fasted one week, I mean, one, one day a week for my salvation. And then one day I took a trip to Africa. I was in college. I was studying to be an anthropologist. And I went to Togo, West Africa, which is next to Ghana, where Max was. And there in a mud hut one night, I dropped to my knees and I asked God to come into my life. Little did I know that she was on the other side of the world in Washington, D.C., and she heard a man of God on the TV station. And the man of God says, if you reach up your hand and you pray and have faith, I will pray with you and whatever you pray will come to pass. How many people in this room need a prayer tonight answered? Raise your hand. Let's pray together like she did that night. Raise your hand to me. She went over to that TV set. She put her hand on that TV set and she cried out. The, the minister cried out, in the name of Jesus, whatever you pray, I agree with you in Jesus' name that it will come to pass. The answer will come to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name it will come. Your prayer will be answered in Jesus' mighty name. She prayed to that TV with that man of God. She cried out, Oh, Lord! I think it was like that, wasn't it? I wasn't there. I pray for that young man in Africa that he gets saved, that he comes to God. And that very night, the young man was on his knees. Oh, Father God, I cry out to you in Jesus' mighty name. Come to me, Lord. I need you. I'm suffering, Lord. I'm so lost. And this doctor accepted Christ at the age of 19 because of the prayers of a young woman for one year. What are you praying for? You'll hear later today of a story of a woman that prayed for 20 years. And then her prayer was answered in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The power of God is here. I feel it already. Wow. I have a book, and I'm not plugging the book. But I want to tell you about it. It's called Raising the Dead. You can get it on Amazon UK. It's a wonderful book. It's a book about our journey as a family. It's gone throughout the world. It's, gone, it's in many languages. You can buy it. It's a great testimony to the power of God. And it will have many of the stories that I tell you tonight. Where is the doctor that I prayed with earlier? Is she here? Pastor, you could maybe give her that book, okay? I don't know if she has it, but you can give her that. Yes. Amen. I want to give you the order of the service. After I minister and after the prayer of salvation... I will pray for the sick today. And I strongly believe that all cancers will be healed. Hearts will be mended and all infirmities and illness will go in the name of Jesus. 
What is impossible with man is possible with God. Amen. The Lord is a God of miracles. And miracles today give evidence that the Lord is real. Are you ready? My wife and I also come for those that do not know Christ. We've made the journey for you today. Those that are saved, I love you. But I'm here for the lost. Just like Bunky, we're here for the lost. We're here for the souls of men that are far from God. Because I don't want to lose one. And I pray that the Holy Spirit touches you that are far from God right now. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will come to you. He will touch your heart. And your heart will be softened to today's word in the God's presence. By the power and the fire of, of the mighty Holy Spirit, He is coming to you right now, wherever you sit. So, Holy Spirit, touch them now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Well, I want to give you a story and then I'll go into some history. One day I was walking the beach as a believer and I heard the word of God. I didn't know what it meant that day, but the word said this. Don't you hear my children cry? How many of you have heard the word of God? You don't know what it means, but sometimes he prompts you to do something. And many of us follow through on that. We should follow through on that. Some of us don't. And I'm very disappointed when I don't follow through on what the Lord has told me. It's a growth over a period of time. Because when we don't do what the Lord has said, we become very disappointed. We never forget about it. We always look back. I'll never make that mistake again, right? But that day as I walked the beach, do you hear my children crying? I came back home. I told my wife, Deb, the Lord spoke to me. I don't know what it means. And then the following day, I heard the same voice of God. It said... Don't you hear my children crying in Haiti? Well, at that time, it was just the beginning of the cholera outbreak in Haiti. And I went home and I reported to my wife what the Lord said. And I said, I must leave to Haiti this week. It was probably the first or second week of the massive cholera outbreak in Haiti where Many hundreds of thousands of people were sick and thousands of people were dying weekly from the cholera epidemic. I talked to my partners at work. Will you go to Haiti with me? No. That cholera, it'll kill you. I'm not going to Haiti. And I asked all my partners and all my colleagues that were physicians, will you go to Haiti with me? No, no, no. But then one day I was doing my books for my office, etc. And I asked my accountant if he would go to Haiti with me. And he said yes. I was surprised because he was just an average believer in Christ. He had no depth, but he believed in the word of God and he was a Christian. He was born again, but he had never seen a miracle. But he said yes. And I said, well, Paul... um, Do you know what to do? And he said, no. I said, then you bring the word of God and you come to Haiti with me and we will treat the sick together. Can you believe it? The average believer said yes. So we flew to Haiti and we walked into the first tent. There were 14 tents, 14 uh, cots to each tent. And three and four people, pastor, were dying every night. 
As we walked into the tent, a woman 30 minutes ago had died. She was still there in the cot. They had removed her and put her on a pickup truck and took her to be buried. The director of the camp handed over the camp to me. And he said, this is your camp. I'm exhausted. And you must assume responsibility. And I said, well, I don't know what to do with cholera. I've never treated cholera. And so he gave me a quick five-minute lesson, and I became an expert. <laughs> it says in Matthew ten seven, as you go, preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. Now, you can imagine my accountant, who I will now call the tax collector, his eyes were this big. What are we going to do? I said, I will treat and I will pray and you will follow me and you will pray in the name of Jesus. He looked at me like, you're out of your mind. But we started treating them, the very sick in the beginning. One patient I would treat and I would pray in the name of Jesus, Father God. I pray healing over this man in Jesus' name. And the tax collector would follow me in the name of Jesus. I pray healing over this man and I cast down infirmity in Jesus' name. There was a difference in the prayer. I believed the prayer. He had doubt in the prayer or he had very little faith. And some of you in this room have very little faith. It's good faith. But I want to encourage you that tonight we are going to build you up in the name of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit will come into you and you will have new boldness and new authority in Jesus' name. Amen. If the tax collector can do it, you can too. And they have a lot of tax in England, don't they? Okay. So what happened? I went from one man to the next man to this woman to that woman and the tax collector followed me. And then I stood in the tent at the very end and I said, I forgot something. And I looked up and it was a beautiful blue day. It was a white canvas tent, about 150 degrees in there because of the sun and the smell of cholera and death in that tent. And I cried out to the Lord, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray healing over these people in this camp in Jesus name. And you, spirit of death, that has come on this camp, I cast you out in Jesus' mighty name. Be gone now in the name of Jesus. The authority of Christ on this camp in Jesus' name. So we continued to pray and treat and pray and treat and pray and treat. We didn't get back to our cots that night until late after midnight. But not one person died that day. And then the tax collector, he continued to pray too. And then five days had gone by. Not one death in that camp, I can tell you. And then the wind was blowing out of the east and the tax collector was over here in this tent on the far eastern side of the camp. And I was in the adult tent down here. Remember, I was walking on the beach and I heard the voice of the Lord say, Do you hear my children crying in Haiti? The tax collector was in the children's tent over here. 
crying and weeping of these little babies that were sick and starving and malnourished and full of cholera. But none of them had died either. But something happened the fifth day. And I believe it's going to happen here tonight also. The tax collector is there. And as I told you, the wind was blowing. And I'm on the other side of the camp. And this is what I heard. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I cry out for the life of this baby, almighty God. Be healed, baby, in Jesus' mighty name. The tax collector understood the power of God. Five days only. (laughs) He was into the miracle works of Jesus Christ. The ordinary, average Christian believer finally understood there was more than salvation to this message. There was actually healing power in this message. There was deliverance in this message in the name of Jesus. It's available to all believers in Christ. And in the middle of the death camp, of the cholera camp, the tax collector believed in the Word of God and started speaking with authority and with boldness in Jesus' name. And life started coming into the babies. We left that camp ten days later, almost two weeks. Not one person died in that camp. The camp director returned. And he was stunned. What happened? Where are all the people? Where there are no deaths in this camp. What did you do? I said, do you really want to know? Do you want to know? Yes. Oh, that's, that's sad. Yes? Yes. Okay, hallelujah. I'll tell you. So the, 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 the camp director comes. I said, you really want to know? He said, yes. I will tell you. I prayed to my Lord Jesus, and he healed these people in this camp. Not one death. And then he looked at me, and he took his finger and poked it in my belly. And then he said, your God must be real. Our God is real. Our God is real. So when I walk into the hospital room and there's infirmity there and as you walk into the hospital room and there is infirmity there and you're a believer in Christ the kingdom of God is in you when you walk in the room the kingdom of God comes walking into the room all death all infirmity must leave in Jesus name (laughs) now back home we can pray for the sick in the hospital but I understand that doctors cannot pray for the sick here they'll be terminated which is very sad But isn't that amazing that God can be in us and we have a force field around us and wherever we go, the kingdom of God goes with us. He's always there. He's inside us. And wherever we go, he appears, whether it's in the supermarket, whether it's with a colleague at work, whether it's uh, wherever you are. The kingdom of God is with you. Why do we need to be shy and back down? No, the king of kings is living in me. Hallelujah. Many of you, you say, I've given my heart to you, Jesus. I've given my heart to you, Jesus. I've given you my heart. But have you given your life to Christ? Are you walking in the fullness of Christ with that authority? It's easy to give your heart. It's kind of inside. No one knows about it. But to give your life, to pray in front of people, in the supermarket, at work, 
to take your authority of your hand and put it on their head and proclaim Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. Whoa, that's a little different. But it took me a while to get there too. Okay, And I like to push my people just a little bit. You know, you're like patients. You come into the office. I have to tell you some things. You have to change your diet. You have to exercise. I'm just pushing you a little bit. But I love you. Amen. I do love you. Because to be in a secular job as a physician or for you to be in a secular job, many of you are, you know, we're not full-time ministry people. I would like to be, but I'm not. When we do secular work and then we do the work of the Lord, it's a lot of work, isn't it? Because we have a full-time job during the week, and then when we have free time, we go Wednesday night, weekends. We, do, we, we call out for the sick. We go to their homes and pray. It's hard work. It's hard work. How do we enter the kingdom of God? We enter into the kingdom of God by means of a spiritual birth. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I see so much suffering in my office and in the operating room that I start wondering, why, why don't you want a simpler way of life? Why? You know, as a physician, you heard that I was born again when I was 19. But for 25 years, I did nothing for the kingdom of God as a believer in Christ. I was born again. I was locked into the kingdom. I went to church. I went to Bible study. But I did nothing to advance the kingdom of God. I did very few things to even witness the people. I felt I was safe. So why did I need to tell a lot of other people about these things of God? But that changed after 25 years. We treat the very poor and we treat the very rich. The need is the same for those that are poor and those that are rich. They need a relationship with Christ. My wife is a Bible study teacher. Our other son is in the youth ministry. And now I'm on the road speaking when I have free time. It wasn't like that in the early, early period. I would walk the wards and I would see miraculous healings under the hands of other men and women under the name of Jesus. I would observe these happenings because I wasn't raised that way. I didn't understand them early on as, as I walked as a believer. We would have a group of men, ministry, senior men, that would walk into the hospital room of a man who was declared brain dead, and they would pray over this man. And I would be watching from the nurse's station as they were in the room. And I could hear a glorious sound coming from the room as they were praying. It was unbelievable. It it did something to my spirit. Do you know what I'm talking about? And they would pray, and it was like the glory of God was in the room. The presence of God was in the room as they would call out to Jesus. And then the next day, I would come to work. 
for the brain dead man. And then he moved his hand. They cried out the previous day for the healing of the man in the name of Jesus. And I would follow that man day after day. And all of a sudden, life started coming into his body. His arms started moving. His legs started moving. He could sit up in bed. He could start to speak in the name of Jesus. What happened that day? It took the faith of one person, maybe a group of Bible study people, to come into the room and lock arms in agreement and cry in the name of Jesus for the healing of the man who was brain dead. It was amazing. That man made it out of the hospital. That was one of the early observations that I had as a believer in Christ of the healing power of God. I didn't understand it. And to be honest with you, I didn't really ask any more questions about it. I just saw that it happened. And these things started appearing as I was working. I became curious. Is the word of God true? Do these things happen today? Yes, they do. I can remember the first story that I ever heard was the one that my wife told me. We were young people. And she was at a youth camp. And she was tending to the youth high on the hill over here. And down in the valley, the young children were on a wagon ride with a large farm tractor. And one of the children flipped off the tractor and was run over by the large wheel of the tractor. The child laid lifeless on the ground. But my wife observed from the hill that there were charismatic believers in Christ, young people that gathered around the girl and fell to their knees and started praying in the name of Jesus for the healing of that young child. The ambulance came. They took the young girl with tractor marks across her body, lifeless to the hospital. And then the next day, that girl left the hospital. In Jesus' name. So I want you to reactivate your minds. Start thinking in the past of things, the move of God that you saw. Start collecting these memories. And let's start building the data bank of the miraculous of Christ today. Amen. Look back there. Think about the move of God. Maybe it wasn't a miracle. Maybe it was another move of God of some sort. Recapture that memory. Pull it forward in Jesus' name so you can believe and you can go out with great authority. You can pray for the sick. You can cast out demons in Jesus' name. Amen. I started praying and the first person I prayed for in my office, I was really nervous. I didn't know how to pray, tell you the truth, okay? I mean, how do I pray for a sick person? I mean, I know how to treat them as a doctor, but I, no one's ever taught me how to pray for a sick person. And I was attending a church that didn't even pray for the sick. So how do I pray? I mean, you know, some of you haven't prayed for anybody sick, have you? You want to raise your hands? <laughs> okay, you don't have to do that. Okay. But I didn't know how to pray. All I could do is rely on the Word of God, that the Word of God says, pray for the sick. 
And so I waited one day and there was a very old woman that was in my office. And I said, this is the woman I'm going to pray for. She's very old. And she can't hurt me. Okay. So I waited. I put her at the very end of the schedule. Her name was Mrs. Kelly. And she was the last patient of the day. And I decided I didn't want to be embarrassed, so I excused my office staff. I told them they could leave early. Okay. So she came in, and I examined the old woman, and she was everything okay. And I said to her, Mrs. Kelly, can I pray for you today? She said, sure. So I put my hand on her head, and I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know how to pray, okay? I just said, Mrs. Kelly, be healed by the name of Jesus. That's all I said. I stepped back, and then she started crying. I said, oh, no, I've offended her. Okay. And then, and I said, Mrs. Kelly, what, what, what happened? She said, Dr. Crandall, I feel so good. No one has prayed for me for 40 years. Whoa. No one prayed for you for 40 years. Who prayed for your neighbor? Who prayed for your sister or whoever? All the people around us are waiting for the prayers of the saints in Jesus' name. They're calling out in Jesus' name. Just send me someone that will pray in the name of Jesus. Wow, you can do that. You can go out and lay hands on them. Can you believe it? And then for 40 years, someone not prayed for, they bawl and they cry under the presence of God. They said, finally, someone has shown up. And the cries of your nation are there. The old people in the villages, Lord, 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 the move of God, the move of God, Lord. We're crying out for the move of God, Lord. There are no Christians here, Lord. And here you all, all Christians, you're ready to go. You're under the power of God. You can go out to the villages and lay hands on the old people. You can lay hands on the young people and they will be delivered in the name of Jesus. You can do this. It doesn't take a ministry team to go out. It takes common folk, common people that can go out to the to the highlands and the lowlands in Jesus' name. It can even use a doctor to walk through the hospital and cry out in Jesus' name. All darkness be gone in the name of Jesus. Oh, my. I can do this? Yes, I can. That woman got me so excited that day that I prayed for her. I said, Lord, I love this. I I forgot to tell you, I made an agreement with the Lord before I prayed for Mrs. Kelly. I would pray for one person a month. Isn't that great? One person a month. I thought I was doing really well. One person a month. But after I prayed with her that day, I made an agreement with the Lord. I'll pray for one a week. I really like this. (laughs) And then just a couple days later, there was a man down in the emergency room. And the emergency room called me. He said, Dr. Crandall, Gary is here in the emergency room. He has a headache. I said, I'm a heart doctor. I don't treat headaches. They said, well, you're his doctor. And I said, okay, do this. Get a scan of his brain and all that. They called me back. They said, Dr. Crandall, we have bad news. This man has brain tumors. Oh, no. What am I going to do? 
I'm walking this thing out with God. I guess I have to pray with Him too, but this is a big one, Lord. How do I pray? What do I pray? So I walk down to the emergency room at the end of the day, and there Gary is. He was a big salesman. He always had a smile on his face. And for some reason, he had a smile on his face that day, too. And he looked at me and said, what are we going to do? And I said, I don't know. But I've been reading in my Bible that I can pray for the sick, and they can be healed in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to pray for you. I don't know what to pray, but I'll pray something. And I put my hand on his head, and I said, Gary... In the name of Jesus, be healed. That's all I said. Be healed. The Word of God goes out. All the Holy Spirit is waiting for you is you speak the Word. The Holy Spirit goes out with the Word and touches the people. It's so amazing. What happened in the book of Genesis in the beginning? The Lord said, what did He say in the beginning? I'll have to read it. First chapter of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. You all know where that is, right? Okay. They said it was going to be cold in England, but I don't think that's true. It's very hot. Okay. But maybe it's me. Okay. Let's read that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He was hovering. The Holy Spirit is hovering. Now, of course, you as a believer are a Christian, and the Holy Spirit is in you, but He's always with you. He never leaves you if you're a believer. He's always there. He never leaves, and He's always hovering. Sister, he's hovering over you. Hallelujah. Praise God. We love you, Lord. And he's hovering. And he's just waiting for you, sister, to speak the word. And as you speak the word, the Holy Spirit goes out with the word. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? I, I totally agree with everything you say. In fact, it's very rare that a week goes by or even days go by that I don't pray for people. That's uh, good. I like that. And I've seen loads of miracles Praise God, sister, in Jesus' name. But I didn't know these things. I didn't know the Holy Spirit worked with you as a prayer warrior. I never heard of that in church. That was never ministered to me. All these little nuggets I had to learn. And I want to tell you something. If you are hungry for the move of God, you run for God. Because wherever you go, if you're running for the Lord, the the Holy Spirit will at least give you one little gold nugget. Even if it's a boring sermon, he will give you one nugget. And what I did in the beginning, I put that little nugget in a bucket. Bing. And then I go to another sermon. Maybe there were four gold nuggets. Maybe he gave me a, a strong word, a long word. I put five or six nuggets in the bucket. And before too long, I had a bucket full of gold. And I would take it with me. And it was the power of God that I had learned that I could speak forth in Jesus' name. It was the truth of the word that we could cast out demons in the name of Jesus. So that man with the the, uh, tumor in his brain, tumors, more than one. I prayed and then I walked away from him and I had a lot of doubt. And as I walked away, I said, that man is going to die. Now, you have to understand, I was very early on in my ministry, or even with the walk of the Lord, believing in these things. So when you pray, sometimes you have doubt. Doubt is from darkness. You cast it out of your brain. So I walked away. I said, that man is a dead man. That's what I said. Just as soon as I had finished praying with him, 
I had a little faith to pray, but then when I walked away, I lost all that faith. But the word of God is true. And the word of God reacts and acts. Three months later, my nurse came to me and she said, that man is in the office. I said, oh, no. What does he look like? She said, he looks pretty good. And I had thought, oh, no, this guy's going to be eaten up by all sorts of things. And we're going to be in big trouble. And he came in and he looked brand new. He was sitting on the stretcher brand new. And I said, Gary, what happened to you? He says, you don't know? I said, no, what? how can you look this way? How can you be this good? He said, you don't remember? I said, no, I don't remember. He said, it was the day that you prayed. The Lord came to me and healed me in Jesus' name. So, the day that you prayed. The day that you prayed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, you got me so excited, I lost my notes. So, what was happening with me, let me just get this, because it's really hot. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm from Florida, where it's 90 degrees. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hot here. So, what I started doing is believing in the power of God. I didn't understand it all. And then I started praying for patients pretty much all day. It was out of control in my office. Because no one, I mean, I was running the office three and four hours overtime. And my office staff became very upset. Okay. So I had to rely on the Holy Spirit to tell me who to pray for and what to pray for in Jesus' name. There were many people that we have seen and prayed for that have had miraculous healings. I also wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and some of you know about that, and some of you don't know about that. It talks about this in the book of Acts, that the Lord has a gift for you as a believer in Christ. And if you talk to many great men of God that are on the mission field, this gift is very, very important. It's called the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. At the time of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples and the 120 in the upper room, and they were empowered from on high with a power to proclaim the gospel with great boldness and great authority. I had read about this, and again, I was attending a church that didn't believe in these things, and I wanted every gift that God could give me. And so I prayed for this. And for three months I prayed. To receive this. I'd stop at a stoplight and I thought I had the gift of the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues, but that was just flesh. And people would look at me at the stoplight like I was kind of off. But as I prayed, one day it happened. And I want to tell you about that. Because the Holy Spirit is given to you to do the work of God. It's not just given to you for you. It's given to you to do the work of God, to go to your community and to go to nations with power. 
with the fire of God. And as a woman came into the operating room that early morning with a massive heart attack, she had cardiac arrest on the operating room table. I was the physician, the lead physician working on that patient. And in fact, there were no other doctors in the room. They were all nurses. And as and I was working on her and she went into full cardiac arrest. She went flatline. She went into ventricular fibrillation and then flatline. The Holy Spirit said, this is the day. And as I was standing there and as her heart stopped, the Holy Spirit came on me for that baptism that I had been praying for. My arms went up in the air. I had no control of my arms over the operating room table. Both arms, in fact, went up and a new language came out of my mouth. A language I did not understand and did not come from my mind, but came from deep within inside my belly. It came from here and it came out this way. I could think clearly, I could see, but I had no control of the words coming out. And I could not put my arms down. And the Holy Spirit took over. And I started speaking in the new language. And you can imagine the nurses did not like what they were seeing. Now, I want to tell you, I'm not, you know, I'm not a... Uh, unpopular doctor, um, how can I say it? Uh, I'm very good, okay, very, very good, okay? God's gifted me, right. And when the nurse looked, I could see her eyes and her expression, but I could not control my mouth. It was an embarrassing moment for me, but a godly one too. And for the dead woman there, it was even more powerful. Because as this language came out, and as the Holy Spirit worked through me, life went into that woman on the operating room table. Yes. I just kept my hands up and I was praying. And then the Holy Spirit. Life came in that woman. One heartbeat, another heartbeat. Life. And as you speak over the people you pray with, life comes into them in Jesus' name. Life, the same heartbeat of God. Powerful, isn't it? Now, you can imagine they were talking after that case. <laughs> what were you doing, Dr. Crandall? Why did you do that? Now, I was so excited that I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I went home and told my wife about it. That's all I talked about, I think, that night, right? I didn't talk about the dead woman coming back to life. I just thought that came with the deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but see how God works? He's working in all of us like that. As you are hungry for the things of God, brothers and sisters, He will start delivering 
the goods to you. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm hungry. I need more. 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 I need more, Lord. And he will give and give and give and give and give. If you do the work of the Lord, it's amazing. He will give you more work. He just keeps giving you more work. He's called so many people to do his work and very few people answer. So when you answer to do his work, he will give you abundant work in Jesus name. Abundant work. We saw so many hands of God. In deliverance. I had a woman that was 99 years old that came to my office. Now, she was a very old woman. Do they live to be 99 here in England? I'm seeing a lot of these back home. She was old. But she could walk in. And I said, Elizabeth, how are you doing? She said, terrible. (laughs) Terrible. I said, oh, well, I guess that's okay. You're 99. You can be terrible. I said, well, Elizabeth, where are you going if you die? Hell. Oh, man, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this, Lord? What would you do? Any ideas? You have an idea? What would you do? Tell her about Jesus. Right. You're good. But it's kind of weird to tell a 99-year-old about Jesus. I mean, she's had 99 years. Figure it out. I mean, right? So I said, okay, Elizabeth, I want to, I don't want you going to hell. And that should be our battle cry. I don't want you going to hell, brother. I don't want you going to hell, sister. I've got Jesus and you can get him too. And he is the only God. He is the only king. He is the king of kings. And if you accept him, you can have eternal life in Jesus' name. Wow. And so, and I know all you know this, but... uh, So I said, Elizabeth, if you accept Jesus as Christ, the Lord, you can have eternal life in heaven. Will you do this? Yes. So I had my little chair, you know, the scooter chair doctors sit on. Do they have those in England? Okay, well, the little round chair. So I went over to the other side of the room on the round chair and I sat in front of her. and I said, Elizabeth, say this prayer after me and you can enter the kingdom of God in Jesus name. And all of a sudden she went, now what is that? (laughs) That wasn't in a textbook of medicine. How am I going to handle that? I said, well, let me try this again. Elizabeth, in the name of Jesus, say this. In the name of Jesus. Now, I'm dealing with something that I don't like. And I looked at her nurse and I said, what is going on with Elizabeth? She said, doctor, 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 doctor. Every time I mention the name Jesus, she does that. Oh, now I know what I'm dealing with. This woman has a demon. And I am the Christian. And I have to cast it out of her. Do you want to help me? Raise your hand. Right hand. You can raise it. Come on, don't be shy. I take my hand and I put it on Elizabeth's head. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I bind you and I cast you out of this woman in Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. What happened? Elizabeth starts crying. Oh, oh, oh. But they're happy tears, not what I'm telling. Oh, I... 
I said, Elizabeth, what is going on? I, I can pray now. Okay, let's pray. Let's accept Jesus. She, we accept Jesus. And then she really lets out the tears. And I just let her cry for a minute and I ask her, is everything okay, Elizabeth? Oh, yes, doctor. Oh, yes, doctor. I haven't been this happy, doctor, in 99 years. 99 years. Are we going to wait 99 years to pray, to cast out the demons, to pray for the sick? Please, let's not wait 99 years, brothers and sisters. People are suffering. Can you imagine the poor suffering that this woman had to go through, the torment for 99 years? Oh, it was unbelievable. And it was glorious, too. So, as a believer in Christ and as a physician, we have learned the power of God. And we use it wherever we go. I can remember there was one case of a man, an, a, a colleague of mine was working on this man, and this man was dying on the table. There was nothing that could be done. And in fact, it was, it was a horrendous, most gruesome death that could happen to this man. And there was no way we could bring life into him. He was, he was just rapidly dying. And the other doctor didn't know what to do. He said, you've got to take over. I can't even think clearly. And I, I got to the man and I said, I've never seen this problem before. I don't know how to fix this problem. I mean, this is an impossible thing. This is impossible. This is impossible. And I would just turn around and look at the instruments on the operating room table behind me. And I would look at the instruments. I would look back at the man. I would look at the instruments. I would look back at the man. I would look at the instruments. And I would look back at the man. I thought by looking at the instruments, the world behind me, that it would give me the answer. But it couldn't give me the answer. The man is dying. What am I going to do? Oh, Lord, I don't want to lose this man. I hate death, Lord. I don't like it when they die, Lord. I need your help, Lord. So I stepped back from the operating room table. I folded my hands and I just prayed as a man is dying. I prayed, Lord, I don't want him to die. Oh, I hate death, Lord. I hate talking to the family about him dying, Lord. I don't want this on my, on this responsibility on me. I don't like this, Lord. I need your help, Lord. Oh, Lord, I need your help. Oh, Lord, 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 heal this man, Lord. Give me the knowledge to heal him, Lord. Get, heal him now, Lord. Put life into him now, Lord. I need your knowledge. Knowledge now, Lord. Right now, Lord. And then all of a sudden, I walked to the operating table. And it was like an orchestra. I picked up this thing, and I put it over here. And I did this, and I put it over there. I went back here, I grabbed this, and I did that. And I did this, and I did that. It was like I was a conductor in a concert, and it was going back and forth. The rhythm was perfect. And each thing I did brought more and more life. And then life came. And then life came. And then life was restored. Then the heartbeat started. Boom, boom, boom. Then he started breathing. Oh, man. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? The rhythmic pattern of knowledge just came to me. Things I had never done before. It was supernatural knowledge that I just started doing and doing and doing. Just like the, the band conductor there swinging back and forth. God was taking charge and life came into the man. 
He survived. All of them in the operating room. The whole operating room theater. Stunned and looking in amazement. What happened? What happened? I called on Almighty God. There He is. The Holy Spirit comes down. He's in the room. He's on the man. He's moving. He's creating life. The Holy Spirit. You have the same power in Jesus' name. Amazing. Amazing. So, I want to tell you one more story and then one more. And then we're going to pray. Maybe three more. I want to tell you about faith. This happened maybe, how long with Gary Williams' stuff? Two years ago, there was a man that came in with a mess. I deal with heart attacks, so I see death all the time. I guess that can be interesting if you're a believer. But um, this man came in with a massive heart attack. He had cardiac arrest at home. His family did uh, a CPR, or they tried to resuscitate him. The ambulance squad came. They shocked him dozens and dozens of times. There was no life. They brought him to the hospital. They took him to the operating room. There was nothing they could do. And they considered him brain dead. Brain dead. Totally brain dead. He was out too long. No oxygen. But his wife was a believer in Christ. And she had great faith that he would be alive. I wasn't on this case, but she called me. And she said, will you come and pray for my husband? And I went and I prayed. And I spoke to the nurses and went over the medical records. And everything I read said, this guy is a dead man. There's nothing that can be done. He's dead. But I prayed over him in faith. In faith. Not great faith, but some faith. You know what I'm saying? But this is going to be a good lesson for you. And it was a good one for me. It radically changed me. And as I prayed, I believed but she had greater faith than I did. And I went home and I told my wife, or my, I went home and my wife said, there is a man that had a stroke and the family wants you to come and pray for him. And I said, Deb, I prayed for the man. He's a dead man. There's nothing we can do. And she said, well, I don't believe that. Basically, she said, I believe the word of God and you go back and pray for him again. Okay. You know how wives can be real strong? Especially if they're full of the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I went and I went back and I prayed and I prayed again and I prayed. And then, uh, you know, two weeks went by and the doctors are very upset. They want to pull the man off life support. The wife doesn't want to give up, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I, I continued to pray. And, you know, I kept reading the records and all the records said bad things and everything was bad and bad, 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 bad. And I kind of believed all the bad things as a doctor. okay, using my medical mind, the knowledge part. But the lady called me some weeks later and said, my husband is moving. And I thought impossible. So I went to the hospital that night. And I walked into his room, but before I walked into the room, the nurse said, my, uh, the nurse said, this woman is crazy and he is going to die. But I walked into the room and this man, sure enough, was moving his arm. And I continued to pray. And as we went on, he, he eventually 
came back. Now, the lesson I want to tell you about this is that the wife had faith. I had some faith, but not a lot. But I was more focusing on more of what I was seeing and what I was hearing and what I was thinking. I wasn't relying on the word of God that this man could be healed in the name of Jesus. I was a scientist and a physician looking at everything I see, everything I hear, and everything the mind could put together. And I was believing that more than the word of God. And I went home after that man woke up and I said, never again, Lord, am I going to rely on what I see or what I hear or what I think or what I read? I will rely on you, Lord, in your word only, even if this the circumstance seems impossible. Impossible circumstance, I will pray and I will count on you in Jesus name. And that should be your prayer. Lord, I don't care what I see, what I hear. i got a rebellious child, Lord. He's way out there. There's no way he's coming back. No, the Lord said he will come back. And I will pray in Jesus' name. You have a terminal illness? No, I will believe the word of the Lord. I will live a long life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I will believe the word of the Lord. And that changed me. I don't care what you come in with. I will pray and I will believe. And guess what, brothers and sisters? It's not up to you and I. It's up to the Lord. It gives us great freedom. So as I go through a prayer line, I have faith you'll be well. I have faith you'll be healed and delivered. But it's up to the Lord. And it's uh, he's using me as a vehicle to speak his word. He will go on you as the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just move on and on and on. And I never look back. If I look back, I I, I possibly will get discouraged. I'm not going to look back. I can see all the miracles behind me. But sometimes there are things that happen that I don't understand. And I will only understand when I'm with the Lord. But for you, you need to have faith and pray and pray and pray in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you one last story. And this is an unbelievable story. It's in the book about Jeff Markin. He was a 53-year-old man uh, that had a massive heart attack. He came to the emergency room, and he was dying. An alert signal went over the PA system that all medical people should respond to the cardiac arrest in the emergency room. There were many doctors in the hospital, so I didn't answer the call. And in fact, I was very busy. It was one of my busy God, no God days. You know, have you ever had one of these no God days? Oh, not today, God. This isn't my God day. Okay. I can't do the work of the Lord today. I'm, I'm doing something else. You know, you, you know what I'm saying, right? I'm just giving you the truth. Okay. Because I just want to be real with you, because being real helps all of us, okay? So this wasn't a God day, but I was a God man, okay? There is a difference. And so I was sitting in that uh, that uh, intensive care unit down there, and the PA system called out again, but they asked for Dr. Crandall to come. And I didn't want to go. So I walked to the emergency room which was about a mile away, thinking, you know what I was thinking, Stuart. 
I was thinking maybe if I walk slow, it'll be over before I get there. You know? I'm just giving it to you straight to set the story up. It's not funny, really. It's sad. But as I walked, and I walked into the emergency room, there was the man in full cardiac arrest, but no heartbeat for 40 minutes. They could do nothing for him. They shocked him dozens of times. They gave him all the medication and the protocol and all that. There was no life left in the man. And the senior doctor came to me and said, what else do we do? I said, there is nothing else we can do. He's dead. Even if he came back, he would be brain dead. Forty minutes down, no heartbeat, full code status on him. His body was as black as black can be. I've never seen anybody that dead before. He said, okay, I agree with you. We'll call the cardiac arrest. We will call the code. We will pronounce him dead now. And I said, okay. So everyone left the room. If you're in medicine, no one likes to be around death. They all leave the room. Except for one nurse is assigned to clean the body and to present it to the family and to ready it for the morgue. And she's sponging the body down, and I'm finishing my note, and I leave the room. And in fact, I left the room, and I walked down the hall this way, and as I'm walking down the hall, I hear the voice of God, the Lord. And the Lord says, turn around and pray for that man. And I thought, I can't pray for that man. He's dead. But haven't you heard the voice of the Lord say, turn around and pray? But you just keep walking? How sad. You just keep walking. And then you walk and walk and then you forget about it and then you think about it and then you feel miserable about it. The Lord told me to pray and I didn't pray. Look what happened to him. So I ignored the Lord and I kept walking. But then the Lord came back a second time, turn around and pray for the dead man. I said, no, Lord, if I don't do this, I'm going to feel miserable. So I turn around and I walk back. What am I going to pray? How am I going to pray? What do I say? And I just stand there next to the body or right. The body's right in front of me. His head is here. His feet are here. And I'm looking. And the nurse is on the other side looking at me. But I told you in the beginning in the book of Genesis. Right? The Holy Spirit is in you, but he's over you and he's there and he's waiting for the word to be spoken. He's in this room right now. I feel him right now. All he's waiting for is your word to be spoken. Let's speak the word over the man now. Father God, I cry out for this man's soul. If he does not know you as Lord and Savior, raise him from the dead now in Jesus' name. I stepped back. God took over. My hand went up in the air. I don't know why. The emergency room doctor walked in. He's looking like, what is happening? And I point to him and I said, shock this man one more time. No. 
shock this man one more time. He looked at me. Okay. He comes over to the body. Dead. Puts the paddles on the chest. Boom! And all of a sudden, there on the monitor, one heartbeat, another heartbeat, another heartbeat, another heartbeat. We all were stunned and looked at it. And then the nurse on the other side screamed. What are we going to do now? She was upset. I said, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, hands started moving. Abdomen pulled in. Deep, deep in. Air came out. His legs started twisting. Color started coming back into his body. She's... (laughs) It's true. She screamed again. We all sat there, stood there. What are we going to do? What is happening? What just happened? She said, where do we take them? I said, we'll take them to the intensive care unit. So we wheel them down the hall. It was a Friday evening and I was off that night. And we put him in ICU. He was still out. We didn't know where this was going to go. I called my partner and I said, Gabe, you're not going to believe what happened, but I prayed for a dead man and he came back to life. (laughs) He's my partner that was on call that night. I said, there's nothing you can do to kill this man. (laughs) And then I came into work Monday morning and the man just woke up. I go over to him and I said, Jeff, where were you that day that I prayed over your body? He said, I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed, he said. I said, Jeff, what are you disappointed about? He said, I was in total darkness in a casket. My family didn't visit me. My friends didn't visit me. My colleagues didn't visit me. No one came to see me in the darkness. I was there for eternity. And then these men came in, they picked me up, and they threw me in the trash pit. I was worth nothing. Nothing. And I reached my arm out to his, and I said, Jeff, if you accept my Lord, Jesus, you never have to be in darkness again. Will you accept Jesus as Christ? What is the answer? 
Yes. And we prayed together. And as we prayed, tears came down his face. Well, you can imagine I was worn out that day. I went home. And again, I talked to my banker, but I only talked to him once a year. It always happens around these times. And I told him the story of Jeff, what happened in the hospital. He told his wife, and his wife told a friend, and this woman dropped to her knees and said, Do you know who that man is? She said, No. She said, That is my ex-husband. I became a Christian 20 years ago, and he left the family. I have been praying for his salvation for 20 years. Remember I told you, 20 years of prayer. She said, that day that my husband died, my daughter was in the parking lot. She had been physically born in that hospital. She did not know her dad had died. And her prayer was this. Father God, I was physically born in this hospital. I pray that my father gets born again in this hospital. In Jesus' name. Now something happened that day. And it's happening here. God in heaven was up there. And he heard the cry of his saints going up. He heard the cry of the wife going up for 20 years. 20 years of prayer going up to mighty God. He heard the cry of the daughter going up to heaven. Lord, Father, I pray for the salvation of my dad. And the Lord was in heaven and he's looking down and he says, I need a Christian. I need a believer in Christ. I will send the Holy Spirit to Dr. Crandall, the believer. And as he walks to the emergency room, something is going to happen. Because I've heard those cries. I've heard those prayers. And as Dr. Crandall walks down to the emergency room and opens the emergency room doors, all chaos, all hell is there, but the kingdom of God arrives. The kingdom of God is present. All life, all death in that room must go. The death must go in Jesus' name. I will send a Christian and he will call on my mighty name and I will come down through the power of my Holy Spirit and I will speak life into that person in Jesus' name. See the power that you have? The cries of the saints of England have been going up. They're going up. They've been going up for centuries for the move of God. And you just sit there and do nothing. You must go in Jesus' name. All of you can go in the name of Jesus. You only get better by going and going and going. As Bunky says, God doesn't sit with the sitters. He goes with the goers. You have to go. Look what you can do. You can speak life into a dead body and that body will come back in Jesus' name. And we're afraid to pray. We're afraid to go because we're not worthy. We're not read up. We're not fasted up. You're never going to be ready to go. Okay? I went through that already. 
What can I do? Remember the story of the man dying on the operating room table? Oh, I have to be fasted up. I have to be read up. I have to be prayed up. I have to be right with God totally before I can pray with Him. No, death is there. And death is knocking. And He's casting out all the lies to you. He's telling you all the lies that you can't pray, that you can't do, that you can't overcome. Wow. You can overcome. And all it takes is the name of Jesus. Remember in the beginning how simple I said it was? Just do what Jesus did. (laughs) It's so simple. But we make it so complex. If Dr. Crandall can pray for a dead man to come back to life, just think what you can do. And that was a day that I felt distant from God. It was a day that I didn't even think about God. But he thought about me. And I denied him once and I kept walking. But thank God he called out a second time. And Jeff said to me many, many times, he said, what, just think what would have happened if you didn't answer the call of God. He said, I'd be in hell for eternity. Thank you, Dr. Crandall, for answering the call of God. You prayed for me, and life came into me, and I accepted Jesus. Just think if you kept walking. Can you believe it? One second could have changed eternity for this man. But I turned around, and I'm asking you to turn around for Jesus. Why do you want to be average all your life? Why do you want to be just doing nothing for God? This life is this short. We walk here and death is here. I see it all the time. One step here, another step there. There was a man in my office and I begged him, don't do the surgery. Don't do the surgery. Don't do the surgery. You don't need the surgery. He was a big fancy guy. Had all the money he could, anybody could ever want. I said, please don't do the surgery. I don't think it's necessary. He does the surgery and he dies. He went, yeah, not my surgery. He went out of state to get the surgery. Oh, my heart was so broken when I heard that. I said, another one gone. Thank goodness he was a believer. Oh, but my, it comes so fast. It comes so fast. We never know when death is coming. I'm telling you, brothers, it could be around the corner for one of us as we leave this building. I had a nurse that came to my office. She was the the daughter of a minister and her brother uh, was was raised the same way she was. And she became a Christian. And and the brother said, huh, sis, I'm going to wait till the last minute before I accept Christ. I'm going to wait till the last minute. She said, brother, you have to accept Jesus. You have to accept Jesus. He said, sis, I'm going to do everything I want. And then at the last minute, I will accept the Lord. One night he was in West Virginia and he was going down the mountaintop and it was a winding road and the rain was heavy that day. And he went off the edge of the road and he went down, he landed upside down on the train track. Can you believe it? In his car. And the train was coming. And the headlights of the train were coming towards the car. He couldn't get out of the car. He was trapped. He couldn't get out. He was doing everything he could to get out of the car. Everything he could to get out of the car. And then the train was right there in front of the car. 
the last minute, he was able to free himself and pop himself out the window down the side of the rail tracks. He went to the hospital. He called his sister. He said, sister, it doesn't work. At the last minute, I didn't call on the name of Jesus. I want to call on him now. I'm asking you to shut your eyes. Let's pray. Father God, we cry out to you, Lord, for those that are lost here today. Lord, we've spoken your word and your truth, and we honor you and only you. But today, I call out to those in the room that don't know Jesus. Because I've come in here, I've come all the way here to England for you. Really, I have. I've given this message as clearly as I possibly can. And I've called on the power of God to soften your heart. So I'm asking, if there is anyone here that wants to come to Jesus, just raise your hand. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone here? Is there anyone here that is far from God or distant from God or backslidden from the Lord and you want to do more for the kingdom of God? Raise your hand if you're here. Be bold about it. Be bold about it. Because the presence of God is here. Yes, 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 and yes. Anyone else? Maybe far away. Maybe someone in unbelief. Maybe someone that's been hurt badly. And you have so much pain inside you. You want to come back to God in a stronger way. Yes, 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 and yes. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, you've, you've heard today, Lord, and there are those now that want to become a member of the kingdom of God. They want to be born again, Lord. And I would ask that you would pray together with me, all of you, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Just quietly in your heart, pray now, and then I'll pray with you. The Lord says in Romans that all those that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. God loves you. He is interested in you. Whatever sin you have committed, he loves you. He has been pursuing you to this day, this hour, this time. He can change you, the Lord, just like he changed Dr. Crandall. The Bible says God is a God of love, but sin, your sin and the world's sin has separated you from God's love and God's call on your life. You must separate yourself, brothers and sisters, from sin. This can only be done through Christ Jesus, and there is no other way. Christ paid the price for your freedom today, now and forever. You can now no longer have to be a slave to sin and darkness as you come to Jesus now. Let's pray together this prayer. Oh God, together, I am a sinner. I am sorry for my sins, Lord Father. 
I am willing today to turn from my sins. I receive you, Jesus Christ, as Savior. I confess, confess Christ Jesus as my Lord of my life. From this moment on, I want to follow Jesus and serve Him. In Christ's name, amen. Father God, we praise you. We love you, Lord. You are the God of love and you are the God of salvation. I thank you for these people, Lord, in this church, Lord Father, that a mighty work will spring forth from here, Lord, that will go to this nation, the north, the south, the east and the west, Lord Father. That you have a call on these people, Lord. They have heard your word. They know about the boldness of Christ. They know about the authority of the word over darkness and infirmity. They know it now, Lord. They have a responsibility now, Lord, to use this as they go forward as mighty warriors in Christ. That all darkness must go by the name of Jesus. That all infirmity and illness must go by the name of Jesus. That all demonic forces will be bound by the name of Jesus. We pray for the salvation of this nation, Lord. Send them out. Now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name.